This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Naz and Wally back from summer hiatus. Uh, Naz, good morning. How are you this morning? Good, Wally. How are you? Good. How's your summer? Very good. It's fantastic. Uh, seems like yesterday we went off the air and, uh, and, uh, we went off the air the, the week the, uh, Toronto Raptors won the, uh, NBA championship and we came back on the air the day after Bianca Andrescu wins the U.S. Open. Um, pretty remarkable event yesterday. Uh, Naz, we've got a lot to catch up on. A lot has happened since we went off the air. Just want to give everybody a little programming note before Naz and I get into it. Uh, we were hoping to have Gabe Polsky uh, on the show this morning. Gabe is the director of a, of a fascinating new film that's down at the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, we weren't able to make it happen this morning, partly our responsibility, and uh, uh, we're hoping we'll have Gabe on Next Sunday, the film is Red Penguins. I highly encourage everybody. It's at the Toronto International Film Festival. Got four and a half stars out of five from the Globe and Mail reviewer. I uh, got the opportunity to attend the premiere the other night. Naz, I know you've seen the uh, promo uh, film for it. Uh, Thoroughly fascinating film. Uh, Hopefully we get the chance to talk about it with Gabe, and hopefully we can make it happen for next Next uh, a Sunday. Little, a little corruption. Over there. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into it too much, Naz. We've got so much to, uh, uh, else to talk about. Uh, uh, we weren't able to squeeze them in this morning for various reasons, uh, partly our fault uh, and partly uh, uh, scheduling conflicts. Uh, and uh, like I said, if uh, it's, a, it's a thoroughly fascinating film about um, uh, an investment by the Howard Baldwin and the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Russian Red Army team. I was quite frankly, I was shocked. I wasn't even aware of this story, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. It's uh, it's at the Toronto International Film Festival. Check it out. Check out the TIFF web website. It's at the Scotia Bank Theater. If you get a chance, go watch it. Let's. It's time. Uh, uh, so hopefully, we get Gabe on next Sunday. I've got uh, a lot I'd like to ask him about uh, about the film. Naz, uh, it's been. I wouldn't say a long summer, but a lot of things happened in sports over the summer. We've got a lot to catch up on. I'm sure we can only scratch the surface today. We've got Leo Routens coming on right after the first break at about 920. Um, Former Canada basketball uh, national team head coach. uh, And he's going to come on and talk about the Canadian national basketball team and some controversy surrounding it. Uh, so we'll leave that for Leo, and that will be up shortly. And, of course, a lot happened over the summer, but the biggest event uh, happened yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. In, uh, in New York at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, for the first time in history, a Canadian won a major tennis title, the U.S. Open. It's Bianca Andreescu. Uh, she's Canadian, Mississauga, I believe, uh, local girl, 19 years old, played like a champion yesterday. I still go- get goosebumps thinking about uh, that performance yesterday. Certainly, uh, I tweeted it, uh, you know, stop the ballots, stop the counting, uh, the Lou Marsh Trophy I, is, is guaranteed. guaranteed. I can't see anything possibly happening uh, the rest of this fall that would deny her that the Canadian athlete of the year for 2019, something tells me she ain't finished for the year. Um, let's talk about the tennis. Uh, let's talk about the match yesterday. Um, but this will go down as one of the greatest. And, you know, I don't think I'm being, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm delving into hyperbola here or rhetoric. This will go down as one of the greatest performances sports performances ever by a canadian 
ever in any sport. I think it's at that magnitude. Um, you know, for us, it's for our generation, for me and you, Naz, it's always about Paul Henderson. It's always about Paul Henderson jumping into the arms of Yvonne Cornoyer in that infamous photo. I think the Toronto Star photographer was Boris Spremo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that that moment in time is indeb- indelible in the, in, the, in the minds and the images of our generation. Yesterday's moment has to be, um, will be talked about by this generation uh, for a long, long time to come. Nas. She beat a great player. and Serena Williams is not an easy person to beat. She has been the best tennis player all year round. She's won three tournaments, the Rogers Cup, um, uh, the U.S. Open, and uh, the first tournament, I can't recall what it was, but the, there was three tournaments she's won. And the only time she's lost is when she had to pull out because of an injury, yeah. she's been that good. Yeah, you know the Indian the, Wells. Is the yeah, uh, they, they talk about um, you know the Mount. You know, I hate to use an American in in this particular context in this particular uh, discussion, but they talk about the Mount Rushmore of of Canadian sports history. And Bianca Andreescu's going up there with Paul Henderson, with Donovan Bailey, nineteen ninety six. That was that infamous, that incredible moment in in Atlanta and in, in Atlanta, Georgia. It was Saturday night where, uh, you know, he he beat down, uh, won the Olympic gold medal. Mike Weir in ninety three at Augusta, uh, Sidney Crosby two thousand and ten. Uh, Sid, uh, Mario Lemieux, nineteen eighty seven. Brooke Henderson. Uh, uh, Brooke Henderson. Um, we're talking about one of the great moments in Canadian sports history. And I, I, I just don't think I'm exaggerating. What surprised I, me was her reaction when she won. I thought she was incredible, jubilant, jubilant, right? You know, it was fan. First of all, it was fantastic tennis. Um, you know, I, I mean, I watched a lot of tennis when I was younger. I'm, I'm of the generation of Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg and some of those guys. And, uh, you know, Margaret guy goes back as far as Billie Jean King and Margaret Court and, uh, Navratilova and some of the great women of all time. And, and Bianca Andreescu, 19 years old in this theater, in this Arthur Ashe stadium is taking on Serena Williams, who is the greatest tennis player, greatest women's tennis ever. player of all time ever. Arguably the greatest tennis player of all time, arguably one of the greatest women athletes of all time, arguably one of the greatest athletes of all time. In that setting, you've got a 19-year-old Canadian kid. Let me take that back. She's not a kid. Uh, she's She's got nerves of steel. She's in many ways, and I say this in, in the greatest, with the greatest respect, without trying to offend anybody, she's cold-blooded out there. And, yeah, and I don't killer, want, yeah, and I don't want that taken the wrong way. I know, I know in today's world, you've got to be careful what you say. Uh, but she, she's just relentless. She's intense. Uh, and she played like, you know, no fear. I mean, she's out there. She says, I'm going to play my game. She had Serena on her heels, broke serve the very many first times, game. She, I think she won the coin toss and said, you know what? I'm not even going to serve. I'm going to let Serena serve. Uh, which, you know, if I, you know, which was a, a, as the commentators stated, it was an incredibly astute tactical decision. Um, then, you know, you break serve in the first game and you got Serena on her heels and, you know, you just, you you know, you, you dominate the first set. You're into the second set. So it's fantastic tennis. They're hitting the ball back and forth like at, at, at tr- with tremendous power, ground strokes beyond belief. Um, and, and, and then you're into the second set. And, and, and because we're, and now we're into compelling, forget about the fantastic tennis. Now we're talking about compelling theater. Um, and you know, all Canada, you know, I mean, we, we saw some and like now we're like, we're all on the edge of our seats. She's serving at five one and she's got a championship point. She has the opportunity to win the U S open. She's almost got a feeling she's almost tasting it, but she's smart enough to not get lost in the moment, uh, to maintain her composure, but she doesn't win. What does Serena do? She comes back and reels off four straight sets. Bianca's on her heels. The crowd's going crazy. Uh, the, if there was an opportunity to fold, 
If there was an opportunity to lose your composure, if it was an opportunity to choke, it was all there for Bianca to do it. It was everything was set up for the magical Serena story. She wins her 24th Grand Slam. She comes back from the brink of defeat. The, you know, the story, the, 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 they're already typing it. The reporters are already typing it on their computers or whatever they type on nowadays. And Bianca recovers and she wins. She wins, uh, the sixth, uh, she goes up six, five. And 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 she finishes off. Does she break Serena and to win uh, the seventh? She broke Serena. So win. She must yeah. have broke Serena four times in that second set, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And and you know, and it's just she goes to the interviews. She's not jumping around like a crazed little girl. Uh, she's composed at the interview. She does the typically Canadian thing, which has been tweeted all over the world. She apologizes. Because she apologizes because she won and she felt everybody wanted Serena to win. Uh, her, her, her. Theater, like the the the, the storyline is just, you know, it's one of those things, the cliche is you couldn't write it. Well, I guess you probably could write it. But uh, I was on the edge of my seat. I really was. And it's been a long time. It's been a long have time you, since I watched the sporting ever, event and have, I've been on the edge of my seen seat. Serena get returned her on her serve so many times by Bianca, her first serve, she would return it most of the time. Yeah, I, I will give Serena credit. Uh, when, it, when, when, when Bianca was up 5-1 in the second set, she just looked forlorn. Her body language was just, she was done. Um, she just looked like, you know, she was, uh, the, the expressions on her face, it was over. You could tell. And then she fought back. Like, 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 like a, like a, a cha- the champion. heart of a champion. a champion. I give her all the credit in the world. Her game was off, but she didn't give up. And that, you know, and how could she? She's the greatest of all time. Uh, she fought back and, you know, she made everybody worry. All Canadians, not everybody, all Canadians worried that, you know, this was, this was going to be a storybook ending the other way. Not, not the way we wanted it written, uh, or most Canadians wanted it written, but the way, a lot of tennis fans wanted it written. Unbelievable killer instinct she has, Wally. Unbelievable. Oh, Bianca. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, the commentators afterwards were very gracious. Uh, they've talked about, uh, they, they uh, you know, you know, everybody would have liked the great storybook ending for Serena. And Serena, the career is not over. She's still got the opportunity to uh, set some of those records and get her first, 24th first, and 25th first majors. Canadian, first Canadian to win a singles title in a Grand Slam. Ever. That's ever. How many years is that? 100 years? Yeah, ever. Ever. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Against the greatest of all time in her home stadium for all intents and purposes. Just just a remarkable, remarkable afternoon of tennis for Canadian tennis, for Canadian sports. Um, I, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than it was it was an incredibly wonderful moment for her, for Canada, uh, for tennis fans. Really was. Absolutely. And she's anyway, now ranked fifth. Rank fifth, and I think she's got number one with a bullet uh, in her in her near future. She's, she started uh, off the year at 152. Yeah. Um, so she certainly, uh, yeah, the future, the, let's put it this way to put it mildly, the future is incredibly bright, uh, for Canada's Bianca Andrescu. It certainly is. We've got so much to talk about on the show. Naz, I got a laundry list here. We've got to go to break. We're going to come back with, uh, Leo Routens. There's so many other stories that have happened that we may or may not be able to, to, to touch, you know, Jake Gardner's no longer a Toronto Maple Leaf. Nazem Kadri's no longer a Toronto Maple Leaf. Mitch Marner's not signed. Sportsnet doesn't even look like it used to look. Uh, you know, I was I was joking earlier today that we're back here today, and uh, I was saying at least our parking passes still work. I was kind of worried. <laughs> uh, I was kind of worried that they canceled our parking passes over the summer, the, the but code, they still the, work. The gate's still open. Still, the gate's still open, but a and few. You, and you got a bell now. Yeah, and I, I don't want to rub salt in the wounds, but uh, a few of the guys over that sports. That their parking passes don't work anymore. <laughs> uh, we get a chance to touch upon that. I'm not too thrilled about what happened over there, and, and we'll, we'll get hopefully we get a chance to talk about that. Antonio Brown is now a New England Patriot. Uh, I don't even know that, where to start that with that one. That wasn't orchestrated, was it? <laughs> 
don't know where to start with that one. I am, it's almost laughable, but uh, I'm just curious how Pittsburgh Steelers fans or Oakland Raider fans are feeling about that. Kawhi's no longer uh, uh, a Toronto Raptor. The Toronto Wolfpack is setting things on fire, and uh, you're wearing you're wearing your I Alabama had, had stuff Alabama this morning. Alabama and the Buffalo Bills too. And, the Buffalo uh, Bills open so up against the, the Jets. Today. You know, it might take us a few weeks to catch up, but uh, having said that, we we're going to go to break, and uh, as soon as we come back from the break, we're going to talk some Canada basketball with a good friend of the Nazawali Sports Hour, Leo Routens. We'll be right back. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. If you're listening in downtown Toronto, we're also on 96.7 FM. We also live video stream www.zoomerradio.ca. So if you're a little bit out of our listening uh, zone, which is kind of difficult for this station because you can hear Zoomer Radio everywhere, uh, you can watch us on the internet. Uh, we're pleased to welcome back to the Nazawali Sports Hour, good friend of our show, Raptors analyst, former uh, former coach of Canada's national basketball team. We're talking, of course, about Leo Routens. Leo, how are you this morning? I'm great. I'm great. How's your summer? It was good. I hope yours was as well. And uh, thanks for joining us this morning. It's uh, last time we chatted, uh, the Toronto Raptors were on the verge of winning the uh, NBA championship. They went on to, uh, of course, uh, win that championship. I know, I believe we talked to you just before the parade and talked about what that meant for Canadian basketball. And uh, we had a brief chat the last time we chatted about uh, the upcoming uh, FIBA tournament, as it then was in June, which came about. And Canada's uh, been in trying to earn its place in the Olympics, and we uh, didn't get the result that we would have hoped for. The The tournament is ongoing. In fact, Canada has another game tomorrow against Germany. Leo, uh, we want we want you to comment on... Um, there are a lot of there are a lot of I, I will speak on behalf of Canadian basketball fans or on behalf I'll speak on behalf of myself as a Canadian basketball fan. Uh, we're a little bit disappointed, Leo, as, as fans, uh, and I'll tell you why we're disappointed. And I'm pretty sure you know where we're leading towards this. And I and I and I'll I'll sum it up as follows. It was a a quote by Bruce Arthur in the Toronto Sun wrote about. Uh, Canada basketball. We haven't qualified for the Olympics. We may get an opportunity to go into what they call a last chance tournament. But this is what Bruce Arthur said, and I want your comments. Canada's best players could have saved the men's senior team. Too many didn't care enough to try. Leo, I know one thing about you. You cared enough to try. You, uh, you, you played for Canada's national basketball team from the age of 16 until from 77 to 92. You coached the team for six years. How do you comment on what Bruce Arthur said? Well, you know, to say that they don't care, um, that, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a difficult statement to make. Um, I, I think there's a lot of different things happening right now. Uh, I know a lot of these kids, I know they'd love to play for Canada. Uh, but, you know, the world has changed. Uh, it's a lot different than when I grew up and my peers. So our goal was to play for Canada. That was it. I mean, that, that was one of the highest things you could have. You know, that was it. These kids now are growing up with the idea, I want to play in the NBA. Uh, you know, that's it. That's, that's what they're focusing in on. Play for a national team now, quite honestly, is a secondary issue. Um, as well, it becomes a big deal contractually, uh, financially, uh, rest, fatigue, family, all kinds of issues come into play. Uh, and scheduling. I mean, the FIBA scheduling, to me, uh, it was not good. And also the extensive training time. I mean, to figure a player... If you wanted to play for Canada, you you were going to be together with this team, uh, you know, six to seven, maybe eight weeks total. That's too much. I mean, you're playing, uh, you know, if if you're on a playoff team in the NBA, you could be looking at a hundred games, um, and then you're going to give up, you know, uh, almost you know two months of your summer. Uh, and you know, summer summer is where you you know heal your body, get your body stronger, uh, prepare for the next season. 
Um, and, and everybody's got a different way of looking at it. I mean, I, I looked at the national team as a great way to prepare for the season. Uh, Steve Nash, you know, I don't think he would have been a two-time MVP if he hadn't played for Canada and used that opportunity to get better and, and really prove himself on an on a international stage. But uh, we're in a different time right now. Uh, I don't think it's fair to judge uh, every player. Um, and I think the, the organization as a whole has to adjust to the teams we're in. Um, and do things a little differently. Let, Leo, let me, uh, you know I have the highest respect. Uh, there's nobody I respect more for their basketball judgment. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to throw something at you that, uh, I, uh, that I'd like you to respond to, which, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that every single player that didn't, sh- that didn't uh, show up or didn't take the invitation to be part of this particular you know, each one has a different reason or excuse or whatever. I get that part of it. There's a lot of a lot of good players that did show up. That you know, Nick Nurse. I'm sure he had better things to do with this summer. Uh, Corey Joseph answers the bell all the time. One of your personal favorites, Melvin Ajim. I don't even know how to pronounce the last name. I bl- Ajim. I, I believe he 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 went and he had a he had a a child born at the same time. The Scrub Brothers always show up. I like to focus on the positive, um, and those guys. I I applaud them and I and I pat their backs for for donating their time to the country. There's a bunch of uh, a, a significant amount. We thought this was going to be a golden age of Canadian basketball. Significant amount of them didn't show up, and I'm not going to go into names this morning, but. Other countries uh, seem to get um, their guys showing up. Jonas, just just local examples. Mark Gasol, the, the, the one of the NBA's best players. Giannis Antetokounmpo for in the Bucks. Luis Scola in Argentina. How is it that some of these other countries are able to get this kind of devotion? We don't seem to get it in Canada. Uh, I, I, forgive me for my bluntness. But I'm missing something here, Leo. Well, I think you you got to compare uh, the proper, uh, I guess, uh, the proper angle to look at this. Uh, you know, you can't compare, I, I don't believe you can compare Canada uh, to European countries, for example. Uh, those guys grow up where the national team is the first and foremost focus. If guys go on to the NBA, that's the national team is still number one. That's, that's the way they're grown up. Uh, they've grown up on it. And, and and quite honestly, and if I can, if I can go on a little, a little, um, a little uh, binge here, please. You know, everybody says, "Hey, why aren't these players? Don't they care for Canada? Why doesn't? Why don't they step up?" Well, I got a question. Where are all the corporations? Where are all the Canadian corporations that are not stepping up to support a program that's in desperate need of money? Where are they? Where? Why? Why doesn't Canada? get to play in, in, in Scotiabank Arena, sold out 18,000 people when their national team plays. Why not? Everybody talks about what these players should be doing. Where, where's the support that these players should be getting uh, from the rest of the country? Because I'll tell you what, I never experienced that. I never played in Canada as a player in a, in, a, in, a, in a Maple Leaf Gardens, completely jammed. I've never experienced that as a player in Canada. So why, why, can't, why can't these guys experience that? Why can't Canadian corporations that are making their money off Canadian you know, customers stepping up and supporting the national team. So before everybody jumps on the players, they can sort of look at a lot of other people as far as national pride here. But getting back to your question, you know, you have players in Europe that just grow up. That's the focus. That's the absolute focal point. You have to look at Canada more as the United States, North America. And these kids now grow up with the idea of being an NBA player. And even look at the United States. And it's the United States, yeah, they're good. They have so much talent, it's ridiculous. They didn't feel their best team, not even close. Why? Because of the scheduling, the time commitment, the whole, the whole issue. And again, contracts. Everybody, okay, look at a Jamal Murray. If he just signed a $170 million deal. The intent in Denver is to play over 100 games and get to the NBA Finals. The pressure on him as the guy that just got that money and the guy that's going to lead this team there can't be an excuse. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. I can't wore myself out in the summer. He can't use that excuse. He's got to be ready. The pressure's there. Can you blame him for focusing in on that? I mean, these are people that paid him $170 million. So I don't blame Jamal Murray for making a decision like that. Um, 
but but I just think we're in a different time. And and here's the other thing. Look at look at look at the teams that have gone on. I uh, passed uh, into the into that into the uh, uh, into the next stage that Canada couldn't get to. How many NBA players on Venezuela? How many NBA players in Poland? How many NBA players in Czechoslovakia? How are they all doing it? How are they all moving forward? Okay, because of the pool of players. And I've been saying this since I was coaching that it's not just about your NBA guys. You have to continue to develop a pool of players that does include your NBA guys that can get you through situations where certain players are not going to be available and other players are, and these guys got to make a commitment for an extended period of time to be in and out, but they got to be more in and out. Um, and that's what these other countries do. Hey, there's, there's only one country that's loaded with NBA players, and that's the United States. Uh, other countries have a few here and there, some a few more than others. But at the same time, if, if you're just going to base uh, your success on strictly NBA guys, you're going to have a problem with all the issues that you're facing today. Leo, what do we have to do to qualify now? Well, now you hope that, that uh, you got to win today, and then you're hoping for uh, a wild card, a wild card bid, and, and that's your next way in. I mean, uh, unfortunately, it's, it's a very tough task. You're going to have to win some games, and you have to hope that your best, uh, your best players that can get you there will be available next summer. Uh, now, the only it's bad in that. You're, you're basically, if you want to go to the Olympics, you know, you would have a camp and all these exhibition games, this and that. Well, forget all that because your qualifier will lead you into the Olympics. So you can look at it as a qualifier is your training uh, preparation for the Olympics. Uh, now the question is, you know, how many players are gonna, you're going to have that are going to have that time commitment of the qualifier uh, and the Olympic Games if they were to get there for next summer? And uh, it's it's uh, and and are you going to be willing to have some players that may not be able to go through the qualifier join you for the Olympics? Are you going to have that flexibility? There's a lot of issues facing it, but uh, it's not a tough task. I mean, it's not an easy task. Uh, can it be done if if Canada's best players come out? Sure. Um, and, and for the record, if I can say this too, that you know even if Canada brought all their NBA guys out, there's a lot of talent. That doesn't guarantee you win. Um, you know, again, the chemistry, the FIBA experience, the, the national team experience of a lot of these countries uh, goes a long way. Go back to 2015, Venezuela, I don't think, had one NBA player on their team. Canada had seven, eight, I don't know, what, nine guys playing in the NBA, uh, including Andrew Wiggins and those guys. Um, and they got beat by Venezuela, uh, which could have given them a direct berth to, to the World Cup back then. So, just having your NBA guys doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, you've got to have a commitment, and uh, it's just going to be interesting to see uh, where this goes. And that's where I said, even from the program standpoint, uh, you've got to make adjustments, and you've got to kind of go with the times. Leo, I find it different uh, playing in these games than the NBA. What's Why is it so different, the level of play? Well, the, the FIBA game is, 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 is very different. Uh, it's uh there's a lot more movement there's uh in some ways uh in some ways it's a faster the nba is speed and quickness but the fiba game is a fast game uh it's actually more physical than an nba game uh and a lot of that has to do with the inconsistencies of the officials uh i mean frankly after coaching in fiba and playing in fiba i'd never complain about an nba (laughs) because uh you know, like I said, I've seen things that just you'd never see in an NBA game. I mean, guards, guards can physically get beat up. Big guys do. You know, and you don't know what a foul is, what isn't. Um, it's a very inconsistent game, as far as my, in my opinion, as far as officiating goes. Um, and and uh, but and also the the officiating, and I should say the, the from a coach's standpoint, you know, in the NBA, you get a timeout anytime you want. FIBA, you don't do. It. You can lose a game before you get a timeout. Um, the way timeouts are called and so forth. So it's a different game, uh, and you got to get used to it. You got to get used to the officials. You got to get used to the style um, and and the way teams play. And uh, it's it's something that if you don't have, you know, uh, a certain amount of FIBA experience, you can have a lot of talent, but it doesn't mean you're going to win. And the U.S. has seen this, and Canada has seen this.
Uh, we're talking to Leo Routens. Leo, we won't keep you much longer. And, uh, you know, we're all, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're expressing uh, your uh, certain frustrations uh, at your end in terms of uh, the support for uh, Canada's national basketball team. Uh, we're expressing our frustrations. Uh, and I'll tell you, uh, our, our certain level of, of our frustration of the fans is, you know, we, we saw this, you know, there, there, there's, it's a magical time in Canadian basketball right now. Uh, the Toronto Raptors set the country on fire basketball-wise. We've got so much talent in the NBA. Uh, somehow, somehow, something's got to change so that, you know, Canada's more than capable of meddling. I mean, I, you know, meddling at the, uh, at, at the next Olympic Games. Uh, and that would be an incredible, you know, to keep this momentum going. You know, if Canada medals at the next Olympic Games, you know, you know, they say when Vince Carter came to Toronto, it changed basketball. The Raptors momentum. Canada in the Olympics. You know, you know, there are those that are saying basketball's going, going to become the top sport in Canada. And yet we can't get our best players to get us to qualify for the Olympics. And, and there's a myriad of reasons. Uh, how, how do we, how do we go about solving this situation, Leo? Well, I think Nick Nurse, you know, made a point the other day. He said, you know, we got to have, we got to get to know our guys better. We got to have conversations with our guys. Um, you think about this. I mean, Canada, uh, and again, this falls in the organization. Nick Nurse is a wonderful coach. He's a great coach for this team. But think about what happened over the last year. A year ago, Jay Trano was the coach. Okay? All of a sudden, you have this coaching controversy that you're not going to bring Jay Trano back. Roy Rana did a phenomenal job with the U19 kids getting a gold medal, and he coached a great part of the qualifiers. All of a sudden, Roy Rana's not even in the picture. Well, guess what? These are two coaches with relationships with all the players. And you make a late decision. I mean, Nick Nurse wasn't announced until after the, after the championship. So... You want continuity. You want players to have relationships. I mean, I watch, uh, you know, Sergio Scariolo from the Toronto Raptors, assistant coach. He coaches Spain. You know, he's he's whining and dining and beating his guys during the NBA season and playing the NBA. He communicates with all his players during the season. He leaves the Raptors to go uh, participate in the qualifiers. Uh, you know, he's got he's got relationships with all his guys. And, and I think that has to be established. You have to have better relationships with all your players to know, okay, Canada basketball put out a list of players that, uh, that, that are, are supposedly are going to be invited to the camp. And I thought that list was, was, tr- was terrible to put out because they, they are ready. I know for a fact that players already said no, that they will not be participating when that list came out. Well, now all of a sudden people, well, what, what, what's going on here? Why is he, why is he not showing up? Why is he, you already knew they weren't coming. So now you put players in an awkward situation where they have to answer questions that they shouldn't have been uh, put in that situation. So you can't do that if you want to have relationships with players. You just can't put out a list because you get all these guys say, hey, look who we got. No, no, you don't have them unless they say they're in. And, and, and again, you don't do that. When, Steve, when I was coaching Steve Nash, um, was retired from Canada basketball. At no time did I ever put pressure on him to be a part of the program. He knew there was an open door. I never, I never said that we needed him. I never said anything like that to put pressure on him because you just don't do that if you want to have relationships with players. You can't do that. So I think a lot of things have to be, uh, you got to make adjustments. You got to make changes uh, and do this right. Uh, we've been talking to Leo Routens. Leo, uh, we're going to let you go. We're going to thank you. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks so much for sharing your passion. Uh, it certainly is a seminal moment in Canadian basketball, and hopefully, hopefully, some way, by by one way or the other, they qualify for the 2020 Olympics, and all the best show up there. I think Canada can really uh, can really do something special at at those Olympics. If well, we- hey, the game the game is still growing tremendously, and the pool of players is going to continue to expand. And we're going to be in a position only one other country is going to be able to compare it to us, and that's the United States as far as talent. So it's it's not doing it. It's getting there, and it's getting when that day comes. Leo, thank you so much. You uh, As always, we, we uh, really appreciate it. Have a fantastic day.
All right. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Leo Routens. Uh, before we go to break, uh, uh, parting comments on uh, the Canada ban. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I you he's know. right about the U.S. They have the depth, though. Yeah, that, the that, you, you, there's you know the what? U.S. They, and everybody they, else. I saw a result. They beat Turkey 102, 101 in overtime. Who the U.S. beat? Turkey. Yeah, but they're playing with their fourth stringers. Like you know, yeah, but like, still, so what? I mean, you see, the difference is the difference is you got to qualify. You got to qualify for these tournaments, right? And to get through the qualifications, the U.S. can qualify with their third stringers, fourth stringers. Nobody else can. Everybody else got needs their first frontline guys. Nobody else is good enough to to. Uh, and I get the point where Leo says, "Well, you know, a lot of the other countries qualify and they got no NBA players." Yeah, because they play as a team. They're they're used to playing with each other. Yeah. Uh, the, the you know our Canadian guys, you know, they play together. To I mean, didn't the Canadian team win the under nineteen world they tournament? They did. Yeah. Uh, I think Leo was talking about that. Uh, and then you know they grow up playing together, and then after when they become pros, they stop playing together. So you lose that cohesiveness. You know, you got you got an opportunity to create something incredibly wonderful if you can get if you can get the you know uh, Jamal Murray, R.J. Barrett. Christian Thompson, uh, Kelly Olnick, and all, and uh, well, I'm going to miss. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to miss a lot of names. Olenek, but Olenek was hurt, though. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm just saying, on a, on a, in the future, if somehow we can get these guys every year playing together and create a true national team that rolls forward from year to year, just so, so similar to what the, you know our national hockey team, and they get together every in the Olympics. You know, certain guys go over to the World Tournament. Then you got the Olympics, and you know these guys have played together with each other. We need to we need to create that program in 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 basketball, and I'm telling you, there's no reason why you, you know we can't win the silver medal in the Olympics. The, the gold medal, if, if all the U.S. guys show up, the gold medal's a real long shot. But anything can happen in a one game for sure. In a one game final, you never know. You get some guy putting up threes from all over the floor, and anything can happen. But there's no reason Canada can't win the silver medal. But we're just not headed in that direction for for all the reasons that. Uh, that Leo uh, Leo shared with us, and you could tell he, there's a lot of passion in Leo's voice this morning. Uh, uh, you know, and he's got some good points. Like you know, the fans have never. I, I remember there was one there was one game a few years ago. Canada was playing Greece at the, I think it was Scotia Bank, uh, and there were more Greek fans in the audience than there were Canadian fans. That's and we true. find the same problem with our Canadian soccer. in soccer, right? Yeah. Because we're a multicultural country, and that's fantastic. Uh, this is not a criticism of that in any way, shape, or form. I, I you know, I, I'm I'm a big supporter of the of the the, the, the Italian national team, who, by the way, are playing Finland this afternoon, and it's not on TV anywhere. But uh, I won't get into that. But uh, you know, we all support our home countries. But you know what? Uh, we got we got to support our we got to support our. Uh, I wouldn't let me take that back. We support our country where maybe where our parents come from in in certain situations. But you know, we've got to support our home country, Canada. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we can talk about this till we're blue in the face and we've got a million other things to talk about. Uh, we'll go to break and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll carry on as soon as we're back from the break. We'll back shortly. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Naz, we having fun this morning? Lots yeah, of fun. pretty good. Yeah, like uh, catching up on a lot of sports stuff. Leo, Leo got, ups- <laughs> he got upset with it. Well, he's got reason. You yeah. know what? Good for him. He, there, you know what? There isn't anybody who's put his heart and soul into can- in Canadian basketball oh, yeah, more than Leo Routens. Okay, one. and 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 if he's got something to say about Canada, Canadian basketball, people should sit up and listen. And um, and there, there's there's changes that need to be made, uh, an assessment somehow. Somehow you got to put the, the the blocks in place for our best to show up. I don't know what the answers to these things are. I know there's issues and there's roadblocks and and all kinds of different things. Um, culture, cultural shift in mentality in terms of playing for your country becoming important, just that it is for some other countries. I don't. I don't have the answers, but certainly if they're looking for answers, there's the door you need to be knocking on. The, the Scrub Brothers is really funny. It reminds me of the Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the Naz. 
let, let's 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 move on to a topic that's near and dear. We got about thirteen minutes left in the show, and uh, the the sports talk radio landscape. Wow. Uh, there was, there was a bloodletting over the summer, uh, over at Sportsnet. And, uh, you know, we, 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 uh, you know, just so our listeners understand, you know, we're on Zoomer radio. We're sort of outside of the orbit of mainstream sports talk radio. Uh, you know, I mean, we, Naz and I, you know, we joke about it. We we're self-deprecating. Uh, you know, we, uh, we, we sort of get a little bit of a thrill, when we get the latest ratings and we look at them, I say, I can't believe that many people listen to us, uh, but there's a lot of people listen to us. Certainly, yeah. uh, certainly, uh, you know, we, we have more people listen to us than most of the radio talk radio shows over at Sportsnet or TSN. Uh, not that I'm trying to pat ourselves on the back, but I think the point of what I'm trying to get at is we don't consider ourselves uh i'm a, i'm a fan of sportsnet they're not my competition they're not our competition we're not we don't we don't come on here to be competitive with anybody we're not chasing ratings or anything like we don't need that uh i listen to sportsnet i listen to tsn more sportsnet than tsn um to me that's classical sports talk radio where we're, I consider us just to be a couple of fans on the air expressing fans opinions. We're homers. Uh, we don't hide that. We're not journalists. We don't set out to try and be objective. We give opinions from a fan's perspective, which a lot of, you know, that's sort of lost in sports talk radio. It's become, it's become a place for journalists, for reporters. And that's fine. We, we, we fit a certain part of the radio landscape and those guys fit the professional side of the radio landscape and God bless them. And we listen to them. And we're critical of them and we want them to be better uh, because we get a lot of our opinions from listening to Sportsnet and listening to TSN. Um, love listening to some of their guys. Uh, but they got rid of, well, let me take that back. I, I don't know the specific legal details uh, given my professional uh, discipline. Um, let's just say uh, I'll, I'll take back that wording and say that there was a mutual parting of the ways between certain sports personalities at Sportsnet and Sportsnet itself. I'm sure a lot of them were under contract. Sportsnet performed the terms of their contract. These people were probably, I don't know the intimate details, probably there was either uh, provisions in the contracts that dealt with termination or contracts came to an end. And by time and they didn't have any obligation to renew them and they didn't renew them. So each individual personality that's on Sportsnet's got a different uh, story, a different situation, a different way of all how that all came about. But the reality is Bob McCowan's not there. John Shannon's not there. Uh, I think Millard's been gone for a bit. Uh, Kiprios. Millard was gone last year. Yeah. Kiprios is not there. A couple of the soccer guys are not there. Um, the big, the big, big story happened. I can't remember. It was after we were went off in June. Was it was kind of it was kind of shocking. Uh, prime time sports. June twenty first. June twenty first. <laughs> I know why you know. Um, uh, Bob McCowan has been the uh, sports talk radio guy in this country. There's everybody else, and there's Bob McCowan, and. You know, I know he's not the most well-liked guy, and I know a lot of listeners are not going to like us. I'm going to say it, and I know, Naz, you probably feel the same way. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of listeners don't like him. They find him abrasive, whatever adjective you want to describe. Uh, he's entertaining, and he is. There's Bob Mc, there, there is Bob McCown, and then there's everybody else is at a totally different level. And for some strange reason, Sportsnet decided... Uh, or Bob McCown decided, I think more Sportsnet probably, uh, but that's that's a contractual detail between the two of them, which I'm sure is probably privileged, uh, that only the two of them know how that relationship came to an end. Uh, but it did come to an end, and a lot of a lot of listeners are not happy about that. Uh, what I didn't understand, Wally, is you have the older guys nurture the younger guys. But you don't get rid of them all at once. I mean, that's how I feel. There should be a, a structure in place where the young guys can develop under these old guys. But getting rid of all the all the talent on the on the station 
or the majority of the talent on the station. It's really tough. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot. Most of what we're repeating here is speculation. Uh, we're not we're not privy to any specific knowledge uh, of specific situations. It's what we what people volunteer opinions on Twitter. Uh, people volunteer opinions in the media as to what happened. Speculation is this is uh, obviously is, is it a cost cutting measure? Uh, logic suggests that Bob McCowan, Nick Kiprios, John Shannon, whoever else didn't wake up one morning Doug and McClain. say, Doug, Doug McClain. McClain, I forgot about Doug McClain. Logic would suggest that Bob they, Cole, too, really. And Bob really. Cole and Don Cherry and Brian Williams on the grape line uh, on, uh, in the morning. Yeah. Logic would suggest that all of these people didn't suddenly wake up one morning and say, you know, we, we don't want to be on Sportsnet anymore. We're all going to go in and do something about what now, logic would suggest that it wasn't uh it didn't come from that and uh the the speculation is of course that sportsnet speculation uh that sportsnet has been strangled financially by that multi-billion dollar contract with the nhl i haven't seen anybody from sportsnet comment uh on that as to the reasons why these relationships came to an end at the time they came to an end. So because Sportsnet hasn't said other than the usual politically correct stuff that we thank everybody for all their years of service and we've come to a mutual parting of the ways, um, we're left to speculate. Uh, it's got to be a co- – you got to think it's about cost cutting. And a lot of it may be just generational, Nas. You know, like we're like we're lucky. We're on Zoomer Radio. Zoomer is yeah. where you know, given our age bracket and our demographic, this is the perfect place for us. And all the guys we mentioned are Zoomers, right? Right, and you know, it should uh, maybe we can get them all over here. I mean, this would, this would fit perfectly. Okay, but you know, it's you know, our generation to a certain extent has to come to accept uh, that our time that our that our we have a best before date, a shelf life. I don't particularly know. I'm talking career wise. Uh, I don't know what that date is, and we're all going to have to face it at some point in time. Uh, and if you're working for somebody else, if you're working for somebody else, um, you know, decisions will hard decisions have to be made uh, when and maybe this is just about, you know, it's time to go with some younger people. Uh, that happens in every industry uh, and every walk of life. Uh and maybe we got to shuffle some old timers out of here when we got to get some young blood in here. There's a there's an old saying uh, in in sports or in anything, all good times must come to an end, and their their end is is gone. And I think it has a lot to do with age. Yeah, but the way they did it wasn't right. That's that's the way I feel. Well, you know, I mean, that's my opinion. I, I you know the way they did it, it. I don't know from a from a from a from a PR point of view. It is what it is, right? They, you know, I, I think they were fairly gracious in some of their public relations announcements. Obviously, uh, McCowan and Shannon and uh, McLean, and they've taken the high road. They haven't, they haven't tweeted or published anything negative. Uh, they've been very thankful to their listeners. They've been thankful to having had the opportunities. They, they you know, everybody's acting in in a reasonable fashion, and guy, I'm sure eventually the the real stories will well, come out. Well, I'll, I'll put something forward to you. I haven't heard much from Don Cherry. I'm just <laughs> wondering if Don Cherry will be back in uh, on Hockey on Night in Canada. Well, it's getting uh, it's getting a little bit late to replace him. But you have a theory on that, Ness? Well, I I think there's something going on there, but I'm I'm not totally sure. I know Brian Burke, and he's a He's, well, he ain't, he ain't he ain't a kid ain't either. Sixty-four <laughs> years old, right? He's he's no kid. I you know what I find. Um, I still found uh, I still found McCowan entertaining. I didn't agree with him half the time, but you know what? This is the entertainment business. You know, half of his listeners don't like him. That's why they listen. It's all about ratings. And you know, Naz, you and I know we we check the ratings from time to time. We like to see what we're doing, and I always check the ratings of of sports, the the radio shows, mm-hmm. in every time slot. Like I said, is you got McCowan up here, and you got everybody else at a different level. Uh, McCowan's ratings were the best in sports talk radio by far. Okay, so why you want to bring in some younger guys? I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. And you know, he had a good show for our generation. 
you know, had some really good guests, some really yeah. interesting people that he would interview. McCown does a great interview, highly intelligent human being. Like I said, a lot of people don't like him. They don't like his opinions. They don't like his style. And that's probably why they listen to him. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens in his future. And John, I always thought John Shannon was good. I, You know, I had my difficulties with Kiprios from time to time, but he seemed to be very well connected. I, I'm not so sure they're going to bring in anybody that's any better than him. Um, uh, McLean, I, I had no problems with McLean. He's an intelligent guy. Ron McLean, you're talking. No, no, uh, uh, Doug, Doug McLean, McLean yeah. yeah. Um, There's another guy, Ron McLean. Yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens with him. So uh, just to wrap up the discussion on this one with th- th- about three or more minutes left, uh, I don't I do not uh, do we at, at, uh, on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, given our, given our demographic, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a little bit, uh, we're a little bit old school. We got, uh, we got used to these guys. Uh, we listen to them all the time. Quite frankly, I, I have not listened to primetime sports since McCown left the air. We, we, and I know a lot of people well, who we haven't. we discussed this a couple of weeks ago over the phone. Uh, we, we talked about uh, sports radio in general being 24 hours. I don't think there's 24 hours of sports in a station. And I think what happens is, you got two of them now, TSN and uh, the Fan 590. And I don't know, like, I, I see it coming back as a mixture of music and sports and news. Like, like the, the old days, the, yeah. CK, the old CKFH days yeah. and the old CKY yeah. days. Uh, you'd have you'd had two, three, four hours, two, maybe two, three hours of programming, sports programming wrapped around uh, another format. So, you know, that I'm not so sure it's about. It, I think you have a valid point, Naz. Uh, maybe I, I just, you know, we look at, uh, we don't like to be ultra critical, but, uh, you know, some of, some of the shows on, on, on the, the ratings are just abysmal. There isn't that many people listening. And I just, I wonder what's the business model for, for sports talk radio? Uh, cause, you know, you see some of these shows doing three, four, five hundred people an hour. Some of them don't even register one listener. They don't register. There's, there's like two people listening. I'm sure there's more, but based on the BBM statistics. So I think you're val- I think it's an oversaturated market. Um, it's same thing, you know, uh, happened, uh, is ha- and it's a tough media world. We got one minute left, Naz. I, let's just leave that topic and one minute left. Antonio oh. Brown. Pittsburgh. He was a Pittsburgh Penguin. Then he became an Oakland Pittsburgh Raider. Never Steelers. wore the silver never black. Was, he never was a Penguin. And then, just... and then it hit the phone. Was it yesterday? Sometime yesterday or Friday? I saw this thing on my phone. All this. Antonio Brown is now a New England Patriot. Three, Are you kidding me? Three after. Three hours after he was released. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's now a New England Patriot. I can only of imagine. Teams, I can New only England. imagine what the Steelers fans are thinking. Look at the Bills fans, and they're playing. But Antonio, they're playing. The, they're playing. The Steelers are playing the Patriots tonight, I believe. But Antonio Brown's not going to be in the lineup. But say you're say, look at the Bills fans. What's your point? Antonio Brown didn't sign there. The Bills wanted him. Thank God they didn't get him. <laughs> that guy, that guy's going to destruct, self-destruct by the mid-season for sure. I just, I just, you know, some of this. That's why sports is is so much fun. You, this stuff comes over, you just start laughing. He's a New England Patriot. The Steelers Are should you be kidding the, me. The Steelers should be happy. They got a third-round pick out of the deal. Oh wow! The Raiders got nothing. Anyways, we didn't get a chance to talk about Jake Gardner. We didn't take a chance to talk about the Leafs or the Mitch Marner signing or Alabama Notre Dame or the Toronto Wolf Pack. Uh, NFL starts this weekend. Kawhi is no longer a Toronto Raptor, so we got lots to talk about in the next few weeks. Uh, to all our listeners, to all our, first of all to our sponsors, thanks for staying with us. To all our listeners who have encouraged us to come back on the air, uh, thanks so much. It's uh, we're we're pleased to be here. Naz, quick last word. Go Bills, opening season. Thanks so much. We'll be, uh, we'll see you. We'll talk to you next Sunday morning. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.